All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a guest, a mutual, I guess they would say, Hudden. And uh, well, give us your backstory, Hudden, but, but I think we're going to uh, use that as a jumping off point to talk about the red pill and what it is and, and our uh, experiences with it and what worked, what didn't, the dark side, the good side. How's that sound? I'm Sounds asking little... myself. <laughs> Sounds good. Maybe a little bit daunting. I was a little worried when uh, when uh, you brought that up as a topic for us to discuss on your podcast because I was like, oh, shoot, maybe I am a red pill account still. Or <laughs> maybe no, that's I, the... I bring that up because you make, you know, I was just looking through your what, what you post on Twitter and uh, just seeing common themes and this, you seem to be doing a very good job, at least from my perspective, because I agree with you 100%. I mean, this this discussion is going to be a mutual admiration society kind of discussion. But uh, sure. yeah, you're just pointing out, look, uh, you know, these guys on Twitter who, who have a lot of followers and they talk about psychology and mindset like they know what they're talking about, but they really don't. It's, I very much liken it to like, the 22 year old guy who's given dieting advice on how to lose weight. It's like, dude, you don't understand. Yeah. When you're 22, all you have to do is like cut back on starburst sometimes and you'll probably get down to 10% body fat. And that's fine for your perspective in life now, but there's another layer to this. Yeah. I guess that analogy works well. Cause I think the red pill is like, well, how would you describe the red pill? And yeah. Yeah. Talk about your, uh, your background with it. Yeah, so my background essentially is that I was um, kind of in a bad spot, and I had gone through a, a nasty breakup, which I know a lot of a lot of guys. That's how they kind of find them, the red pill. And um, essentially, some of the preconceptions or misconceptions I had about the world and women and myself were shattered, kind of like overnight. You know, I had sort of a naive naive opinion that. Um, a woman could or should love me unconditionally, you know, outside of like some sort of a, you know, mutually beneficial relationship. I just thought that uh, maybe it's the generation I was raised in, but uh, I sort of had like a Disney view of, of the opposite sex in a certain way. And uh, I basically went to the internet and I think I literally Googled something pathetic, like, how could she fall out of love with me? I didn't think this was possible. And I mean, that's how I found, I didn't know it was the red pill at the time, but that's how I found the first, you know, blog or post or whatever it was that, that led me to that. And, and who did you find? Was it um, the rational male kind of thing? Yeah. Roosh and the rational male. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you learned, Oh wait, maybe a woman's not just going to love me for who I am and that's going to be it. Right. And then, if she doesn't love me, then she's a bad person. Maybe that's not how it works. Right, right. Like, uh, unfortunately, and I think this is kind of what we're here to talk about today, I didn't learn at that time to take the responsibility onto myself and sort of introspect necessarily. I think that I think that event began that process, but the red pill was more directed at blaming women rather than blaming themselves or looking introspectively at themselves, I think. 
Yeah. And, and what I remember my point of the rational male being is he tells you like, you got to be alpha and all these things, but there's really not a good explication. This is another thing we agree on that there's really no explication on the how, mm. right? Where's the how, how do you do this? How do you go about doing this? And I think what a lot of guys, well, when they do look into the how for that, it's a set of techniques and games that you can play with women. That's the extent of it. Yep. And that can be really powerful. Um, and guys can easily get addicted to it because it really does work. Like you can push and pull women and run all this game and all these techniques and whatever, like dread game. Obviously yeah. that stuff can really work. Nobody says it doesn't work, but that's the problem is it works and it leaves you emotionally unable to handle the real relationship with women. So I think you see the detritus of that on Twitter now of these guys posting these, uh, these memes about how you go into monk mode and your wife has to be these 10 things. And if she doesn't hit all these markers, then you're a total simp and she's been with a hundred guys and you know, all this stuff. And um, yeah, I guess I kind of, kind of got off on a tangent there, but the scripts and things work to a point because they work. They let you know that they work. So they let you know there's something there. There's something true about what these people are saying but they only work on a certain segment of the population. That's, that's, that's kind of like your reflection of your own issue and your own negativity at the same time. Right. Yeah. It's going to work on women who typically are anxiously attached mm. and, uh, Oh, she's going to be crazy. And then you're going to say all women are like this. Well, it's yeah. like, no, you just met her at a club and you only had the courage to go talk to her because you had four and a half beers in you. And then you're just running all this game. You weren't even in the relationship and she had this crazy reaction and she has her issues too, but to generalize that out to all women. And yeah, I, you know, it's amazing. Like the question I pose to guys often is if, if they don't have a girlfriend is where would your future girlfriend be now? And they give some answer. And it's like, when's the last time you've been there and like openly talking to women in that kind of area. And it's just like, Oh Yeah. I guess I haven't really thought of it that way. But. Yeah. I always say game works on women who would steal your wallet. That's how you know game will game will work on this girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you trick her into coming back to your place and you wake up the next morning and you may or may not have a wallet still, you know, in your apartment <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's how I got there. And I think there's a larger point to be made about where we're at as a society as a reflection of these uh sexual dynamics you know they call it the sexual marketplace but it's interesting to me like on twitter where we're mutuals that almost everybody talks about dating whether they are 50 and liberal 49 and hardcore conservative they're right wing they're left wing it's uh everybody's constantly talking about these dating dynamics because it it plays out so consistently in our culture and it doesn't matter if people are single or married they're always interested in what the kids are saying on the apps together you know how you know are they being glib today are they being honest are they joking are they are they using scripts it's it's uh it's interesting how much focus we put as a as a society on the dating scene yeah well you know i mean i don't know who said it but uh you're not going to end wars between nations until you end the war between the sexes and i think a lot of what we see going on now is um you know 
political mayhem, you know, whatever war in the Middle East, a lot of this stuff is cultural. Like, like there's just a different cultural view. And, you know, I think that's why we latch on to Israel, Palestine is because that's like a good representation of that. Israel being the West and Palestine being. Um, what, what would it be? Palestine being whatever is opposed to the West. It, it's like, um, I always say it's like just civilization based on agriculture versus civilization based on hunter gathering. I mean, that's really what the fundamental right. conflict comes down to. And I think that you have a lot of conflict in Israel, Palestine is because they just don't even have the same terms in their mind of what's going on. Um, I don't think they view like an individual human the same. So they're going to have just a totally different perspective. And there's just a lack of appreciation of how like two different cultures are. Um, how did I get here? We were just, I, I made a, a bad leap to the, the sort of larger cultural uh, commentary on the dating market, but um, the red pill is essentially, and they hate this label, they hate being called this, but they are essentially a reaction to the feminist movement. I mean, that's what people call them. They call them male feminists, and that's essentially what it is. Um, they do teach gimmick, but... No, no, it's not. It's not that though, because they really are uh, oppressed. That's what makes it different. Women the, are right. Right. I, I get that reaction all the time. Right. Well, the well, men... that's what you have to do. I mean, that's what feminism wanted. It was a reaction to so-called oppression from the patriarchy, mm-hmm. and that's what red pill is. It's a reaction to so-called, you know, from the matriarchy, from misandry. I, you know, I don't know. Everybody thinks they're a victim. Right. Right. It's like, this is like maybe 10 years ago now, but, but like the, the question of whether jokes should punch down, it's like, nobody thinks they're punching down when they're making jokes. Like nobody thinks that it's all the story you have in your head and everybody has their own story about how they're oppressed, which really, I don't think that's about really being oppressed. It's just, you know, psychological issues displayed as like a cultural conversation. Um, but yeah, well, you know, there's just a lot of lack of awareness in the red pill. Just same thing with feminists, of course. And um, yeah, yeah, but it, but really, it it's like this general theme of being emotionally tuned out. Because yeah, I think guys go to the red pill when like they're emotionally dead, like they're you know that they're just parched. And something maybe really, you know, really bad happened. Usually their girlfriend left them. I mean, usually it's like the second girlfriend because you need two points to to make a to make a pattern. And so they're really in a terrible place. And rather than say, oh, you got to do the emotional work to really learn how to connect with this woman, because chances are you had like all these implicit games you were playing. The red pill essentially teaches you to kill that part off completely. Oh which is alluring because that does work better than being somewhat emotionally tuned in, but not really having a good understanding of what's going on. It is easier short-term to just cut off the emotional part completely. You get a lot of power that can feel really good and that gets addictive, but um, it, it's going to hinder you five or 10 years down the line. Uh, it's going to make it very difficult to have a, a true relationship with a woman and not just project all these crazy fantasies you have of ultimately mom taking care of you. And uh, yeah. Okay. So you got to the red pill, you were emotionally hurt. 
and you learned exactly that? I mean, would you put it in that terms? I mean, you, you know, guys wouldn't put it in that terms, uh, but effectively, I think that's what's going on. Oh, yeah, I was emotionally hurt. I was ashamed. Uh, I have a very close family. I couldn't even go to like family Christmas that year because I was just afraid to like let anybody see me because I was such a, you know, a failure. I found some excuse not to go. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's what that's what the red pill offers is you go online and you find this community that's like a salve for your wounds. And it tells you that somebody else is your, you know, it, it's their fault. And, you know, here's all these great examples. And I think they're really the really tricky thing about the red pill is they make you Divorce think rape. that's my favorite term. Sorry. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they pioneered some of the best, uh, some of the best <laughs> terms in the, I, I've, you're, you're saying, no, yeah, no, they teach you it's women's fault and not yeah. to take any responsibility. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. The tricky thing is that you think you are taking responsibility when you're there. You think that by, uh, right lifting weights or eating a certain way or you're right yeah you know running crazy. scripts and stuff you think that you think you're doing the right thing it's it's you know the rate between red pill and stoic is almost the crossover is almost 100% because you're like you say you're just cutting off one part of yourself and then focusing like you're on that mountaintop um they even call that that's the funny thing about the red pill is that they 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 call everything they they coined a lot of these terms so you're literally using the the perfect term like you go up on the mountaintop and seclude yourself for 30 days or 90 days or whatever. I mean, monk you, mode. Monk mode. Yeah. You feel Senior like you're doing, you feel like you're doing which, the right which, thing. By the way, a lot of this stuff, like guys can get into it. It can be really helpful, mm. you know, and there is a problem with watching porn every day. I mean, there's guys who are just glued to porn for three hours a day and that's just normal life. So yeah, I mean, you know, these things are, we can argue all day whether sex addiction is real, but. But yeah, you know, that's a great point. You know, I often say you can't really take responsibility for your situation until you take responsibility for the emotions around the situation. And to a 25-year-old man, that can just cutting off emotions can really feel like taking responsibility because emotions are irrational anyway. And, you know, what's the point? That's chick crap. Mm. And that's not even their fault because they came from an education system that didn't teach them anything else. And psychology is run... I won't say by woman, but by people who, you know, uh, promulgate, you know, chick crap, mindfulness meditation being, you know, one example of this. I mean, um, I remember yeah. my mother who is not a feminist or anything close to that. I remember my mother telling me I needed to be more in touch with my feminine side growing up, you know, and, and that was just, that was just something that she thought was correct or true, you know, like the, the right thing, quote unquote. Um, the, you know, I called it the Disney, the Disney view of love, because that's how, you know, that's how we, we kind of thought the world worked in a certain, in a certain milieu, I guess. Like, like say more about that. Um, because, uh, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, but I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll get into my story, but, but what exactly do you mean by that? Like, if you just love a woman enough, then she should love you. And if she doesn't, then she's a bad person, something close to that. I don't think I ever had the misconception that um, if I loved a woman, she would love me back. But if I, if I did a, a list of certain things, like I met these certain responsibilities and, 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 you know, we entered into some sort of a relationship that there would be, um, uh, some sort of forever love that was out sort of outside of a mutually beneficial exchange, I guess. 
Um, and I, I do think there is some of that. I, I mean, I do think, you know, obviously I'm married now and I have a much closer, more intimate relationship um, than I've ever had in my life. But um, a lot of guys get red pilled when they see that a woman can, that they thought one day love them can go be with another man the next day or leave them because they get in bad financial situation or any of a thousand hypergamy. And the thing is, is the red pill is so insidious because a lot of the things they say is real. I saw in real time that they talk about the, the, the female id, how it is almost like a rationalization hamster that's sort of working out ahead of them. And like they, by the time you find out something is happening, it's they're already like three months down the road. And, you know, because women do have sort of a natural decision-making process where they, they, they have like a, a, a emotionally intuitive process where they almost arrive at a decision sometimes after the train has already left the station and you can see, you know, and so yeah, it's, it's called chick logic. Yeah. But, but the red, that's, film, that's, it, that's... <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. It's an amazing thing, but I the mean, red guys film... do it too. You know, I'm not, you know, anyway, I don't think I have to qualify all the offensive things I say. Right. And I'm not trying to be offensive either. I mean, but uh, they really do a good job of pointing out and diagnosing these things. And you go, oh man, this is all real. This is all real. And then by the time, by the time you're into it deeply, you can see how guys get stuck there forever and they're 40, 50, and they're still complaining about women, complaining about 20 year old women and they're, they're in their fifties and sixties and it's pathetic. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's MGTOW guys who are, are dead are openly never going to get married because they think it's just a rigged system against them. And it's unfortunate, like, you know, like I'm of two minds. I want to make fun of red pill guys, but also I really empathize with them. And I went through my own kind of thing. Um, you know, this stuff really wasn't around. The internet wasn't around probably when I was um, uh, going through my difficulty with women. I mean, not nearly to the same extent. Maybe this stuff was on forums, but. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you can point out real examples and I see, you know, this is a problem all the time that I see. Uh, I call it um, propaganda bias, right? I mean, the, pe people think propaganda works through lies and deception. Well, deception may be, but it's not lies. It's all the truth. Good propaganda is the truth. They get the facts right, but it's all about what facts do you focus on, you know, for what end. And what guys don't realize is their end is if I open up again, if I become emotionally vulnerable, I'm going to be hurt. Mm. That's the end. And they don't realize that they're just looking at the facts that feed into that end. And the whole time they're thinking, oh, I'm being logical. I'm being rational. And you're not. You're rationalizing, right? You're still making excuses for yourself. You're still being a victim. You just have a clever way of doing it. Now, on top of it, you can go out to the bar at 1 a.m. and run game on some girl. And it can work. Mm -hmm. you, you can be spinning plates. I, I have no doubt that most guys... If they're not handsome enough, they can get themselves to a place where they're handsome enough. If they work on themselves where they can start spinning plates, mm -hmm. unless there's like, you know, your nose is where your forehead is supposed to be, but that's, you know, rare stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is they're just as emotional as they always were. They're just not aware of it. Um, but again, I think there's this whole, whole level called relating with the opposite sex that, I mean, there's people out there talking about it, but. I guess it just doesn't offer all the same um, short-term benefits. I mean, I think it does.
but uh, anyways, I, you know, that's why I do what I do at least. And that's why I'm on here talking with you about this because I, you know, I do think there's a better way and most guys would be happy to know that. And, um, uh, well, and, and not to go, not to go off topic again, but go back to your, your Israel Palestine analogy. It's the perfect analogy because both sides of the gender wars right now are launching bombs at each other. I mean, it's not like the the to 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 defend the 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 red pill guys a little bit. I mean, they're getting hit with rockets. You know, they're getting hit with missiles from from the other side. You know, there's not there's nobody in the women camp that I've seen, and and I've had a lot of gal friends over the years, gal pals, whatever you want to call them, that have you know been sort of red pill adjacent or dating themselves or dating coaches, and there's not anybody from the on the other side that I've seen that's really doing a much better job in the chip camp. You know, I would say they're escalating it to the nth degree. Like if the guys go out and they start running game and they start nagging girls, the girls come back and they start, you know, they're doing the same thing. They're reciprocating and they're just getting tougher and tougher. Um, so I don't really see either side sort of deescalating um, the gender war right now. Yeah. Well, it's tribal at this point. You're in it for the group as opposed to the individual. And you know, the point of tribalism is conflict. I mean, I look at Israel-Palestine and I think, oh, no, this is the goal. <laughs> the goal is exactly what is happening right now. The peace is not the goal of tribalism. If, if peace was your goal, you would let go of the tribalism, right? You would figure out a way around that. That's not really your goal. You want conflict. And I think it's the same thing when, in the war between the sexes. Um, yeah, you know, if, uh, yeah, I'll just... Uh, yeah, send missiles your way. And then I don't have to look at, you know, my poor communication issues or how I basically don't have a personality. And and like my personality is based off game is based off like, you know, pushing emotional buttons and girls. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So, right. So you were emotionally tuned out. You got to, you got to the red pill and so, like, when did you first start to realize, oh, maybe this isn't that helpful? It was actually with the group of guys that I had met sort of in some of those communities and stuff. I mean, um, I would say pretty normal guys that I think were able to keep themselves just grounded enough to sort of peer through, you know, the mist. Uh, I I don't really know. Um, I always have joked that the healthiest guys that come across Red Pill content, they're only there for about 10 minutes because <laughs> they see it they see it and they're like uh, oh these people are all freaks and they're out of there um guys like myself that maybe take you you know a couple of years or something we're somewhere between you know somewhere in the middle you know not super healthy but not the you know the world's most craven person that's ever walked the earth um but i eventually formed a, a group of guys and you know we started uh we started talking about this stuff and sort of i think i think what it was was just it was like group you know essentially is is what it was we started talking about you know, well, you know, what got me here and, and and why do I keep repeating this pattern over and over? Guys are really good at that pattern recognition stuff. Yeah. Um, for me, that's always what's kind of dragged me out of, of, of my slumps is, is pattern recognition, like, you know, being open to even some of the psych psychology work that I've done with you and, and stuff like that. You know, I recognize that I'm in this pattern and I repeat these behaviors over and over and, and there's something there that I don't have control over. And there's just like that little that grain of nugget that I always was able to cling to. Um, and that's what happened kind of in the red pill. It's like, well, 
um, no, I don't want to be in a, uh, a relationship where, um, you know, I'm with a girl that's essentially a doormat and I'm like this super, super dominant, you know, presence all the time. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to live that persona. And, and, you know, I never hated women, which to be honest, there's a lot of guys in the red pill that I think, I think probably do either hate or have some sort of real, you know, dislike for women. There's a lot of resentment there. There's a lot of resentment there. And I think that was the crack in the door was just sort of when you can start seeing the differences between yourselves and other people that are maybe in the same space with you. And you're kind of like, yeesh. And, and then also just sort yeah. of looking at your own, looking at your own patterns and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Like toxic behavior, that feeling of being around toxic behavior. Yeah. You know, even if the guy's pointing out, you know, true facts about uh, divorce statistics and everything, it doesn't mean it's not toxic. You you can still be right, and there's legitimacy in that. We're not denying that that's important, but there can still be this toxic nature to it. Right. Yeah. You're right about the divorce statistics, but why haven't you had a job in 15 years? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? What's the disconnect here? There just wasn't a lot of what right. we'll call super well-rounded people. You know. Yeah. Well, there's always something you can latch on to. You know, that's what's so great about Twitter. It's like, hmm, I'm, I'm like starting to see, I wake up in the morning, like you're, you're getting out of, you know, wh whatever dream state you had that was, you know, putting you face to face with your uh, emotional situation. Like, like your unconscious made a movie to tell you what was going on and you're, you're coming out of that fog. And you're like, well, I'm just going to go to Twitter to see like what's going on. And you know, like I, I saw today, it was like that family stealing, you know, candy, oh like, my gosh right oh that, that's that's the thing that i'm gonna that i'm gonna look at and say oh look that's bad yeah that is bad and whatever like but it's also bad to use that as a distraction from the fact that you are well i don't know if you're in control of your life but if anybody is in control of your life it's you right and i think there might be some like em emotional pain there if you're constantly looking at this family who's stealing this halloween candy um yeah. So there's just a lot of good distraction there. Okay. So you notice toxic behavior, right? Yeah. I see that with a lot of the Israel Palestine thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to say who's right and who's wrong. I, I've heard both, uh, you know, good. Um, I've heard good cases from both sides, but I've been around enough to know what's toxic behavior. And this just, it just seems like really toxic behavior. I mean, not to be like a new age hippie about everything. Like I, I understand people are being killed, but, um, and I'm, and I'm sorry about that, but I also know I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. You, you know, it's like a domestic acute, uh, a dispute across the street. Yeah. I'm sure there's a right side and the wrong side. I mean, what am I going to do about it? I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So started in those toxic behavior and then, and then what happened? You know, <clears throat> I think I spent more time around women than I probably had in a real meaningful way. Um, you know, I dated girls I met online. I made dated girls I met, you know, out in gas stations, uh, dated girls that I worked with and, um, it was really helpful. I learned a lot about myself. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, but, uh, you know, I met girls that 
would teach me things a little bit about sort of, um, you know, even what I was interested in. And, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to claim that, that I was like super, you know, perfect or over all that stuff when I eventually met my wife. But um, I just, I just did a lot of introspection. Um, I, I went back and I, I, I tried to take responsibility for what I was, for what, for what had happened in my life. I think, I think that is the biggest sense I had was that the, the experience I had taught me that I didn't know myself as well as I did. And I sort of was open to trying to figure out how I could have made such a big mistake, how I, how I could have either been a so naive or B um, gotten with somebody that was so, you know, incompatible for, you know, what my values were and those types of things. Um, and I think dating kind of sorted some of that out just because you learn about yourself as you're, as you're kind of going through the dating process. Yeah. Well, that's tough, you know, to get yourself to the place where you're, you know, every relationship problem comes down to you, even if it's, you're the one who chose this crazy person, Mm -hmm. you know, what were you going through? Like why, what, what emotional state were you going through to, 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 choose this crazy person and yeah i will take that to the nth degree of the the woman in relationship who's being beat up by her husband obviously it's not her fault right and there there needs to be punishment for that guy of course but it's so important in these cases to really take responsibility for everything that's going on even if it isn't your fault and that's really the rub and i think where a lot of people get stuck in their growth is it's really you know because not everything's your fault it's not you know, uh, we're all like dealing with issues, family issues, especially that, that were literally here before we were born and they're going to be here after we die. And we had no say in that. We just came into this world. You know, we didn't ask for existence. It, it's just here. Oh. Um, and that's tough, but you know, what else are you, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I, I would never try to convince anybody of that. I just think that's something that I found that that's something I've can can gradually see more and more as I, you know, just go to therapy and talk through my emotions. I I really think that's the only way. I mean, nothing I say here is going to convince anybody out there to take that mindset. I, my experience with your content was that I was just, I was, I was, had prepared myself to a certain point to be open to those concepts essentially. Um, But what you said about taking responsibility even in the, the the circumstance of say a woman getting beat by her husband or something, I think that's one of the most controversial things that you potentially say, and that's hard for people to to take on is just understanding that every situation you find yourself in may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility to an extent. And if you can at least have the self awareness to ask yourself how I got here, you know, why do I keep repeating the same pattern? I always go back to the same patterns, but I think that's, I think that's one of the hardest things because I mean, I've seen people come away from those situations and go right back into them and and never, never ask themselves those questions and never do any type of introspection or even really, cause I, I mean, I'm still trying to take responsibility. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, you say, well, what was the second, what was the next phase out of the red pill? It's like, well, am I still, am I working that? Am I working on that? You, you know, am I, Am I, I mean, I'm not sure. I think I'm still in it right now because I mean, I'm still working on taking responsibility for myself. You know, when I look at, you know, my wife it's and never her, ending, yeah. and when I look at my wife and her issues, 
it's a reflection of 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 me like a, a girl i dated um you know she had a guy uh, and this has been a couple of years ago now but a girl i dated she had another boyfriend and uh he ended up doing some stuff and it's like oh my god i see myself in this you know and it, it's just uh it, it's interesting um that's really the step that i think people have whether it's red pill or therapy or feminism and i don't know maybe you can tell me but i don't know what it is to get somebody to make that jump to to be open to taking on because if you can just start really really small with the smallest amount of holy crap I am doing the same thing over and over. I'm the common denominator here. What is it about me that is creating this event or creating this cycle or creating this habit? If you can just start with that smallest little door, that little piece, it's all you need because it grows from there. But I don't know how people go from not having that to feeling self-righteous and like the victim and everything they've ever done to then trying to develop that, that little, that little morsel that kind of gets you to that next step. It's connection. I mean, that's what does it. It's building relationships. And that's what I, what I that's what I try to do with guys in therapy. You know, just, just start t telling me about your life, telling me what's going on. Well, I know where we're going, you know, we're, we're, I've, we're planting that seed. We're, we're going to get you there. I'm going to give you the process to get you there. But, um, but, and also you need to be in, in a good amount of pain too. I think, I think you need to go, notice those patterns and go through them for five or six or seven years and go, okay. Uh, I'm back where I was when I was 24. <laughs> this is this is crazy. I feel the same way. What's going on? Well, what's going on is you want to feel that way. That's exactly how you want to feel because it does something for you and that's okay. You know, we all do that. It's just really important to to notice that. And it doesn't make any sense unless you have that feeling in there. You know, like I always say about the heroin addict, like, why are you banging on this guy's door at 3 a.m.? Like, why are you waking up the neighbors? Why, why are you pooping in the gutter? Oh, you you just insert heroin addiction and then it just all makes sense you know it's it just like holds everything together and that's how we are with our emotional states and yeah man you said it i mean people talk about responsibility all the time but it's always implicitly responsibility for the situation it's never responsibility for your emotional state i would never ask a a, a woman who's being beaten by her husband to take responsibility for the situation i mean that's horrendous but your emotional state, you know, that kind of victimhood you feel, that self-pity, how you feel when you go to the women's shelter, wherever, you know, you know, you go for a few nights to your mother's house and you just dump and vent. You know, that's all really important to you. And and it's really you gotta recognize that. And it doesn't make what he's doing right, doesn't make what you're doing wrong. This is outside the realm of ethics. This is just probably old emotional patterns that have been there for a really long time. And we're all caught up in them. And the red pill is one of them. And the worst is when you think you're not being emotional at all and being super logical. And it's it's all based on emotion and just dysregulated stuff and resentment. And yeah. Yeah, that's what makes the red pill so difficult is because guys really do. I mean, you've said before, I mean, most guys are total sweethearts, right? I mean, the movies portray everybody is... <laughs> these potential abusers oh, yeah. every every husband is you know he's going to be a drunk abusive alcoholic and you know but i mean most guys are really really uh nice to, for lack of a better word and there's a lot of really nice guys that are in places like the red pill but they think they're doing the right thing they think that they 
they're doing the right thing for themselves, for society, for women. Um, yeah, and they, it's they, oh, it's this game I, I that everybody's playing that I wasn't playing. Oh, I'll just play this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, you were saying. No, no, uh, I was just saying that that's kind of that's what gets people there, keeps them there, and that's why these groups, these spaces have an outsized influence on culture is because um, they have one of the things I was going to mention what you've talked about it recently, but was evolutionary psychology. They bring in evolutionary psychology to the red pill and teach you about uh, women's menstruation cycles and uh, you know, how they wear different colored clothes during different points in their cycle and how women, you know, they can look in the past and they look at, um, that's actually how we met. You probably don't remember, but I was talking about how some of the genomic stuff actually debunks uh, the red pill, like how they've looked at ancient genomics and they've seen that actually most people, you know, in our far, 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 far past were, were basically monogamously pair bonded, you know, maybe it was for survival and not some sort of ethical or moral, but, um, mm -hmm. and, and I was, you know, quote tweeting some of that stuff, but um, they, they bring in as many, and, and this is just a good example, when you're talking about the broader culture, Israel, Palestine, Russia, Ukraine, they bring in all this data, all this data, all these examples to complicate the picture and to, to, to just completely convince you that you're doing the right thing morally, ethically, the data is there, climate change, you know, whatever, whatever they need. I mean, every one of these issues, it's all there. And it, it, it's, I mean, I don't know how anybody gets out of it, honestly. Well, you know, it's the problem of trying to use, I mean, science is great, but the problem is you use it to replace philosophy and psychology, and that's not going to work. You know, we we have two sides of the spectrum, both saying, look, we have science on our side, like with Israel-Palestine, we have the facts on our side. And it's clearly, that's not what it is. You're just using those facts because there's this emotional state in there. Yeah. I, I mean, whenever guys are talking about women and women this and women that, you know, I, I really think the, the process of growth here is first you learn about women, which doesn't take that long. Then you learn about relationships and that takes a little bit longer. Like what's relationship dynamics. And then it's really just talking about yourself because you see that the relationship and the woman are just a projection of, of issues you have anyway. I, I mean, it's, you know, it becomes clear the more and more you do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Even the concept of you, you said connection was sort of that thing that kind of gives you that spark. And I won't really, go into the details of all the different things I went through during that phase of my life. Cause a lot of them are pathetic, embarrassing and, you know, just all those things. <laughs> um, but even the concept of connecting with people was almost a foreign concept to me. Uh, you talk about being a, an emotionally disconnected guy in your twenties. I mean, I was an emotionally disconnected guy into my, into my early thirties. I mean, really, really, you know, until I kind of, um, you know, met my wife, had children, and things started coming up for me that I could no longer repress or suppress kind of that existential crisis that you've mentioned before. That's really what got the ball. I mean, I had some of the groundwork laid, but I think that's, that's really what got the ball rolling for me. But even the concept of connecting with people, it sounded weird to me. It sounded foreign. I'm like, connect, like, what do you mean connect? Like, like, like talk about, you know, talk about logistics or, you know, I don't, I, I didn't understand. I didn't really understand. Um, Cause I didn't grow up with it. Right. So I didn't really even understand you know, what that meant. Like I was, I was the prototypical 
cut the wire. You know, if there's a if there if you're uh, if your emotional life is sort of uh, the, the check engine lights and all that, you know, I just cut the wire, you know, but eventually you really do. You, you and, I, and I've known guys that have this and nobody talks about it, but people have existential crises. People go to the hospital. People get uh, people have what they think is a heart attack in the middle of the street with their dad in the car. People go to the psychiatric ward for two or three days. Um, and yeah. it's not it's not that uncommon, but nobody nobody ever talks about it. Even people that are kind of in the self-help world, they're almost embarrassed to kind of bring up those things. But um, there really are some sort of rock bottom places that, that are not that uncommon for people. Yeah. Well, that's when you start looking at yourself or, you know, you're just in enough pain and people have different pain thresholds. Some people can deal with a lifetime of pain and misery and stress, and it just feels normal to them. Other people get a little bit of it and like, oh, I got to change this. And you talk about your emotions being your responsibility and they're like, yeah, whatever, just get me out of here which is really good motivation at first, you know, long-term that's bad motivation running away from the pain, but, but, you know, you need that at first, I think, because, you know, therapy is still a strange concept. And I think it always will be, you know, people talk about stigma. Yeah. I think there's naturally always going to be stigma around therapy because it's weird. And, uh, but, you know, nothing like a few panic attacks on a Southwest flight to get you to, you know, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, oh yeah, I guess I'm like, what's connection? Yeah. I guess I'm not really talking to my dad or, um, but yeah, you know, I really think there's magic in connection and I think religion tries to encapsulate that well. And I think it's very similar to what, you know, Christians at least talk about with the Holy ghost or Holy spirit, but it's, um, you know, it's really this enlivening thing that you go through really where, you know, and I just break down connection simply as, write down what you don't say to a particular person in your life and then spend a consistent amount of face time with them. I know that sounds really autistic, but it's like this very nebulous concept. Like, Oh, how do I get my connection? You know, it's like, you know, I just, you know, compared it to the Holy spirit, but you know, that's like, what do you not say to the important people in your life and how are you not spending consistent face time with them? And that'll get you through about 95% of it. You know, like it's simple, but obviously it's very difficult. Um, and yeah, you just got to look at like all the pathetic things that you're doing as you uh, say, and yeah, me too. You know, I like the, um, like all the nostalgia that I see in the manosphere and the red pill, like the nostalgia of like this lost time of like the 1950s. I mean, that's, you know, that looks really pathetic to everybody else. That's why it's it's really funny. These are all like masculinity, manly account. You know, they're, they're posting pictures of uh, Charles Bronson or something, and they're talking about the 1950s. Like, you know, it's just, just all distraction. And women need to be this level of perfection. Otherwise, they're not worth your, and, you know, the lists are always completely ridiculous. Um, yeah. And they're outside of the current culture, you know, like uh, you've made some good analogies to architecture, how people say, you know, traditional architecture was more beautiful. And, but you look at what the modern buildings are being built for and what they're used for. And it's within the context of the day we live in. And that's what people miss when they look at sort of the, the nostalgia porn or whatever they want to call yeah. it. Um it's all outside of the context and and a lot of it's not even true i mean but but even the parts of it that are true like oh yeah yeah you could let your kid go 
in the neighborhood for six hours because there was nobody freaky around, you know, stuff. But they also miss the fact that we're building rockets that are going to take us to, you know, the next stage of of human evolution. And, and you know, we're going to have robots and, you know, artificial intelligence and all these things. Uh, no, and, dude, AI is going to take us over. <laughs> Didn't you hear Sam Harris? Yeah, right. He's yeah, totally yeah. logical. I, I know he's logical because he's boring. Mm-hmm. That means he's smart and logical, Hutton. That's how uh, that's how it goes. Sam Harris seems like one of those guys that we might uh, uh, let's just say we might hear an interesting story that we're all shocked about one day. He's on he's on my list. He's uh, what was the uh, what was the uh, 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 oh gosh I'm gonna I'm gonna kick myself David the uh, the self uh, <laughs> I shouldn't even tell the story but. We could we could hear we could hear an interesting story he about Sam. himself. Some guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David, uh, the the karate guy. You know. Uh, um, oh, it's gonna kill me as soon as I get off here. But uh, Sam Harris, Sam Harris, is one of those guys that I get the sense he's just kind of just barely hanging on by a thread. But um, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that's another example of people just coming up with crazy stories and. You know, a great example is just like the self-driving thing that was happening in San Francisco. They had these cars and it's just like everybody jumps all over how issues that the cars had and all this stuff. Meanwhile, they're they're totally missing the fact that this is the same kind of technology that made uh, airplane crashes and airplane deaths uh, essentially non-existent ever since it was implemented in airplanes in 2000. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be problems at first. Yeah. You, you can figure out, you can put a traffic cone on the hood in a certain spot and it's not going to know what to do. Like, like they don't, they can't figure out a way around that. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, people are anxious. Nobody tells them how to deal with their anxiety. You necessarily must come up with these things. You necessarily must start a Twitter account called teach your son blank and think all you have to do is give your son a certain instruction. Mm. Right? I think it life gets, look, we love certainty, right? If you're feeling anxiety, you really can't feel certain. I, you know, I think it's okay, you know, once you understand anxiety and you, you have a better relationship with it, but if you're not comfortable feeling that, your reaction must necessarily be teach your son blank, and then you're going to start saying stuff that's embarrassing you go to the the your dinner table with your family at Thanksgiving and you're going to just pray none of them have seen your Twitter account because of all the ridiculous things that you've said. Not you, but, you know, just like these are natural reactions to, I think, pretending to be emotionally cut off. And uh, I guess we're picking on the red pill manosphere, but. Well, they don't even have kids and they run accounts called Tell Your Son This, um, which is even funnier. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I, I guess that's a thing, right? Like people not living the life that they portray on social media. Right. And it, yeah, but, you know, people always think of, you know, Facebook moms or whatever, just showing the 5% of their life, like the 5% when the kids aren't crying, just take a picture of the kids, then put it on Facebook. But it's, yeah, guys pretending to, you know, and so, you know, it's so obvious to me, not like I was some stud with woman or anything, but it's like some of these tweets about women. I think, no, you have not interacted with a woman in the past six months. There's no way you would write that. There's no way you would have this view. I mean, this is like this, this isolated self-contained view that makes you feel really good and powerful to tweet it and to say it. And you're probably going to get likes, especially if like you trigger guys resentments, you know, they're going to give you likes and retweets for it. But, uh, yeah, it's all a distraction.
microplastics like like <laughs> dude i i i that that was your i mean i've seen it but i saw you in twitter post uh, point that out that that's just like a totally ridiculous thing and again one of those things like maybe there's some truth to it but what's really the the issue in your life the resentment that you like microplastics or the resentment that you have around women yeah that you don't even see it as resentment to you i mean it's it, it just looks like reality. I, I know it's tough talking about this stuff and emotions and how they affect you and like the, the consequences of them. Mm. I, I just want to say things in a bunch of different ways and maybe it'll like trigger people and go, Oh, okay. Maybe no, that's how maybe that is how it is. Maybe it's not red pill versus blue pill or feminism versus red pill or the manosphere. Maybe it's not woke versus or Republican versus Democrat, Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Russia. Maybe it's not that. In fact, a lot of these false alternatives, these false dichotomies that are offered to you are a cover for this exact thing. At the same time, you can point out atrocities that Hamas has committed against Israel, and that's all real. You know, it can be more than one thing at a time. And um... And relationships... The other kind of underlying current is that relationships really are hard, especially, you know, a man-woman relationship. I mean, being married is is not the easiest thing in the world. It takes a lot of self-awareness and the ability, you know, all the things we talked about that are hard for guys to develop. That's exactly what you have to have in a marriage to, to sort of make it work. Because when you go into a marriage, you're both imperfect. And then suddenly you find yourself not only with your own shit on your hands, but you find yourself dealing with their shit, too because your lives are sort of, you know, intertwined. And so when it doesn't work and guys get a taste of that in dating and relationships, they don't have to be married, but they get a taste of that. And they're like, Holy God. I mean, the opposite sex is crazy. I mean, all the single guys I know, because I'm I'm in a group right now that is just younger. They're not super young, but they're younger than me. They're single. And you can tell they're kind of nervous that they're ever going to get married and have children. They want that, but they're kind of worried that it's going to happen for them. Um, and, and I'm not here to, I'm not here to give a silver bullet for that problem or fix it, but I know that you're dealing with your stuff and your wife's stuff or your girlfriend or whatever the case may be, or your boyfriend, I guess. Um, but it's, it it gets even harder when you lack the self-awareness to take responsibility for your own stuff. It gets way harder when you have somebody else's that you're intermeshed with. That's what I find myself asking by the question all the time with my wife is like, is this something that I'm dealing with? Or is this something that she's dealing with? Or is this something that sort of we're kind of, you know, on the same boat kind of dealing with together? Um, it just it, it just sort of opens you up. The, the wife and children thing just sort of you opens you up in a way that leads to those existential crises if you're not if you're not able to manage that stress or manage that anxiety or be open to those sensations, the vulnerability. I think that's what it is. Now that I talk through it, you feel, you feel more helpless and vulnerable in a lot of contexts. The guys don't want to feel that way. That's the same reason that guys don't go to therapy. And when you have children, you're putting part of yourself out there into the world. And literally it's like, you know, you have to be able to manage those vulnerabilities in a way that, that you never sort of dealt with before. I think, I think that's sort of the big, the big picture, but it's just smaller pieces all through the sort of the dating progression from the time you meet a girl to the time you start dating and everything, you're just increasingly vulnerable. And that's what guys don't want to, they don't want to feel vulnerable. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's the commitment, right? I mean, the commitment is to the relationship, which means an ever-growing uh, vulnerability. What would just say transparency? That's that's a <laughs> guys like that word better. It's just transparency. Just yeah, you know. I mean, guys, single guys are always like, "Oh, it's so scary to approach women. You get rejected." And you know, now looking back, it's like if I'm like walking by a, a woman at the mall, I just think, "Oh my god." It's so easy. That's oh. nothing. I mean, nothing is on the line. Like, yeah, you kind of feel like an idiot if you mess up, but you you think you have to stop approaching. You got to stop approaching women. No, you you need to approach your wife over and over again. I don't just mean sexually. I mean, I do, but I also mean with just like serious issues and you know issues that when you bring up, you kind of look at yourself and you're like, who am I? Right. You don't really get much of that when you're just talking to whatever, some girl at the mall or in a Starbucks or something. It's like, no, you need you you need to talk to the girl in the Starbucks because 10 years when you're 40, there's going to be an issue in the marriage. And it may not even be your issue. I mean, I've I've watched uh, Sleeping Beauty like 50 times in the past week. And it's like, yeah, like th this this dragon, this curse, right, that Maleficent places on Aurora, like did Prince Eric has to or Philip, Prince Philip has to come deal with it, right? He's the one. And I just think it's like, yeah, you, you got to deal with her trauma and it's tough. It makes it tough when I think there's a lot of accounts online saying, oh, if, if your wife doesn't do A, B, and C and greet you with a whiskey and a sandwich as soon as you get home, then something's wrong or, or you're a simp. And uh, man, you know, I, I get the feeling like if I was your age, I never would have gotten married because that stuff really would have worked on me. Like the kind of advice that's like, if there's 1% doubt, then there's 100% doubt. I, I, I could have picked apart any relationship. No. And I definitely did. I mean, that was like a huge part of my defense mechanism and, you know, feeling self-righteous and my separation from, from my own emotions and woman. And uh, yeah, it's too bad because I think we're both talking about, it. you know, the implication here is that if you're a guy, you want to get married. That's what you want. And if you're 21, I understand that doesn't make sense right now, but this is where you're going, right? Mm -hmm. This is why you're dating Stacy in, uh, you know, bio or something is because you're working on this because you don't want to get to 40 and not have these connections in your life because nobody cares about a 40 year old man. Unless he's married and has children. Nobody cares. And you really got to be aware of that. And, I, you know, it's it's called the wall, but but men have it too. You know, we all have it. There, There's a wall called death. And yeah, um, this is this is what you have to work on. And I understand the techniques can work and make you feel really powerful. But that, that could be a, a real issue for you. Well, that was what was good about your stuff, though, is because most of the issues that you have with a woman in a relationship are a reflection of something that's your own issue, you know, either directly. I mean, you guys may have a lot of couples will have literally the exact same problem, right, with, you know, with a certain thing. Oh, yeah. But but even the ones that aren't maybe the exact same thing, um, it, man, it really is just a it really is just a a reflection of your issue. Um, you're not going to marry a girl who is on another level of development than you. I think a lot of guys have that fantasy, 
that they're going to, they're going to meet, you know, maybe they're out of shape and they're going to marry a fitness model. <laughs> nope. She's going to be on the same emotional wavelength as you. Um, she's yeah. going to be a similar, you know, you know, maybe if you're lucky, she's a little better looking than you <laughs> or something like that. But, uh, but whoever you wind up with is going to be, I mean, basically the female you, you know, to, for lack of yeah, a better emotional maturity wise, definitely right. Emotional maturity wise. And sometimes that's hard to see because the, you know, the dynamic that I see a lot is the tuned out, emotionally tuned out guy. I mean, that's the thing that these guys go into the ministry and they become emotionally tuned out and they're that much more likely to get sucked in by borderline yep. girl. Yep. Because she has, she exhibits exactly what they lack, this, this emotional um, sensuousness and expression. Mm. It's all unhealthy. You know, it's, it's very toxic. But you you keep seeing guys who definitely know better and are smart enough to know better, but they get sucked into these relationships. But it's not up to them. They put themselves in a place where they, you know, you couldn't say no. There was gonna there was going to be a compensation for your past 18 months of monk mode. Mm-hmm. And this girl shows up who's bored. I mean, she, she's not even your type, you know, she just she just doesn't even look that good, but you don't even care anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think guys are, you know there's a lot of pushback against the red pill. I don't think anything we're saying is too uh, controversial. Um, so that's good. But, but yeah, I think there's that lack of guidance, not just with men, but a lot of people, you know, feminists, a, a lot of uh, people who can't manage emotional issues and project them out and, and um, on society or, or something else, you know, a, a strange compulsion or obsessiveness. And, yeah, I just think people need a guidance out of that. The red pill is one manifestation, you know, and I think that's why it's so fascinating is because I think we all go through it to some degree. I definitely went through my version again. I mean, think like who knows where I'd be if all this stuff was on the internet when I was 22. You know, I just went through my serious young man phase and just read a lot of philosophy, you know, so it's like not that bad, uh, all things considered. But uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of destructive stuff out there and um, just trying to add some balance. So it's good to to have you on and listen to your experience. But um, any, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it's advice or what would you tell, you know, people often pose on, on Twitter, like what I would, if I could say five words to my 18 year old self, like what would I tell him? If you say something to yourself when you're getting another red pill, what would you tell yourself? Yeah. Um, to my 18-year-old self, I would say that emotions are real. <laughs> uh, they, they do affect you. It, it is who you are. Yeah. It really is. You're it's not part a, of your identity. You're not Until a sociopath. You that, you're not going to develop. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm ranting. No, 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 no. You're totally right. I was just saying, you're not, you're, you know, you're not a sociopath just because you don't experience things that maybe you hear other people say that they experience in a certain way. That doesn't mean you don't have those things. Okay. And again, I'm just talking to my 18 year old self. I'm a, yeah. I'm a particular personality type. Um, but don't, you know, don't, don't think, you know, more than, you know, you know, I think young men, they, I mean, me, I mean, my kid is, my kid is turning six in a week. And he's already a mansplainer, you know, he, it's amazing what he'll say he knows, you know what I'm saying? 
because he because he trusts that he can figure it out. I mean, that's that is a masculine trait. Yeah. And 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 but I would say to my 18 year old self is that you really don't know what you don't know. You know, I used to get mad at, at like Sean Hannity when I was like a, you know, when I back and when I listened to that kind of stuff, because they were like, oh, well, you're not really a man until you're 28 or 30 or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm 20 and I, I can take care of whatever I want to take care of because I was only focused on those things. I didn't have a counterbalance. So I think I think uh, over over, you know, too much trust or too much confidence and what I thought I knew and not enough humility, I think really uh, put me through a lot of pain, a lot, a lot more pain than I potentially, you know, would have necessarily had to experience what I had a little bit you know, a slower hand and, and, and a little bit more patience and humility and those types of things. Yeah. Too bad your 18 year old self would not have listened. No, there's no way. There's nothing you can communicate. <laughs> I know. Nor, nor would I want to communicate. I mean, but where'd be the it's, fun in that? It's a catch 22. I think all you can do, I spent a lot of time thinking about this because I do have children, but I think all you can do, I think my parents did this to an extent. That's why I was able to sort of look around and pull myself out of some places. It was just, they just sort of put in a foundation there, just uh, give maybe some of the tools or, you know, some of you just, just a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of a, a awareness around, um, some of the empathy tools and things that I think that come into play later, but you can't tell an 18 year old guy that they don't, you know, they're not in love with their girl. You know, I wish somebody would smack me silly when I was dating my high school girlfriend, you know, it was ridiculous, you know? Um, but there's probably nothing that could have been done, you know? So. No, you got to go through it. You got to feel the pain. Yeah. Well, good. Good talking to you. Um, that's all I wanted to cover. The red pill, just watch out for it. Just watch out. There's a lot of dark side there. Not everything that you hear. You know, the other thing is just having a family is fun. Like, it's it's oh, yeah. actually a good time. Mm. I think a lot of people, they... And I guess I just kind of did this too. I, I pose it as like this thing that's good for you. Which I guess it is. Um, and if like you know, that's going to be, if, if connection really is at the root of at least the willingness to grow and change based on like, you know, what humans are, you know, having an, a nuclear family like that, that's, that's going to be your best source of connection. Mm. It, it's not going to come from anywhere else until we're a different species. I guess I'm saying the same thing, but at the same time, it's a lot of fun and and kids are a lot of fun. And, and yeah, you get to see your six-year-old son just say something with total confidence. And you and you probably look at him. I, I could imagine like, oh, man, it's just like pure, unfiltered confidence. He probably says no in like a very decisive way. Like it's the most comfortable thing in the world, you know, for him to say no. You're like, oh, man, it's uh, it's like this nugget of a human. Mm. Not a lot of you know, healthy guidance there yet if he's six, but it's like, it's there. The energy's there. Like you see it mm. and there's really nothing like that. that. That's a really cool thing to see, but you're not going to get there unless you can connect emotionally with women. It's not going to happen. It is a lot of fun. I mean, it's the lifestyle that I, that I like and that I think is the best for me. And 
I think a lot of the guys, and again, I talk to guys that are I'm, I'm, you know, fairly close with, but I think people intuitively know that, right? Like, I think most people on some level want to get married, maybe not have a big family or something, but um, it's a lot of the people that, that say they don't, it just comes off as not real. You know, just, they seem like it's just not genuine. Oftentimes you can. I said that for a decade plus. And based on my awareness at the time, I was telling the truth. But I, I just wasn't aware. You know, I, I just lacked the ability to to have that connection, the foundation of which is like a marriage. I don't know if I have it now. I, I know I have more of it than I had when I was 25. I could get divorced next week. I don't know. Yeah. But at least I at least I have more of it. I'm working on it. I mean, um, so yeah. We'll try. Great, Hudden. Well, thanks for coming on. Any, uh, do you want to talk about where people can find you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you for your honesty. That's always great content. And um, yeah, take care. Likewise. Thank you.